a lot of people in their early 20s, like in college, you know, people can't just go afford big paintings. You know, they probably don't want to have the space or anything, but they'd rather they could support your artwork on a T-shirt for like 30 bucks or something like that. Right. And when I was, you know, a bit younger in my early 20s, I was like, yeah, like I feel the same way. Like I love paintings, but I can't I can't afford them or I don't have the space or uh, X, Y and Z. So I just started to like paint clothes and put my artwork on jeans and draw on people's shoes or skateboards or kind of whatever. And it was just kind of leaving my mark, exploring different mediums and materials. And um, I just like to see my artwork in, in those different mediums and materials. And uh, people tend to uh, like it and support it. And uh, it's just a different different sector arm of, of my artwork. I love how you're not precious about it too. And I think it's, uh, it's actually kind of a similar ethos to, you know, the nownish ethos of CC0. Not to say that all of your art is necessarily really CC0, but remixing it yourself and putting it out into the world on people's jeans and on people's hats and on their shoes kind of like memifies the art in a way. And you're not worried. You don't seem worried that that's going to like devalue your real art or whatever, you know? No, no. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I've definitely even like, insert my artwork into memes like i'll find a meme screenshot it then like erase it and like put in my artwork somehow in it in different yeah, yeah. ways i think it's just about spreading it as in as many different ways as possible and just kind of having fun with it yeah i try not to be too too precious i think there's a time and place when to be precious and and when not to be and i think just spreading artwork in as many different ways is fun and, and just getting together and drawing whether it's on yeah somebody's shoe or on an expensive canvas or in a digital space or any of the above so the time and place for for all the above welcome back to zero rights reserved the podcast about nouns DAOs, ethereum nfts and more brought to you by the noun square media collective i'm your host Tody hawk and i'm joined today by artist designer and doodler extraordinaire mr vinnie hager how are you vinnie welcome to zero pod thank you for having me how's it going i'm uh, i'm glad to be here I'm doing so good. And, uh, you know, we've had you on TNS on Spaces before, which was amazing. Uh, so, you know, just felt natural to uh, to get you on the pod as well. So uh, so we can dig a little deeper and, and also see what you look like too, right? Because, I mean, we were all imagining, but of course. <laughs> now, you're, now you're so doxxed. Uh, one of the things I like to do on this podcast is really dig into the people, you know, behind the art in your case. Uh, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your artistic journey, uh, if you would mind sharing with us. From what I understand, you've been an artist from a very young age, so it's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I think the the normal kind of spiel that, that I've given is that, yeah, as, as long as I remember, I was just a little kid that gravitated towards, you know, chalk on the driveway, coloring books. Um, my, my childhood house was kind of filled with art and it was colorful and things like that. And I think I was always kind of surrounded by it and had art books and was the kid in elementary school that took all the art classes. And I continued that all the way through middle school, high school, college, and then up until now. Um, so yeah. you were that annoying kid that knew what he wanted to be from like the age of yeah. three, right? I, I don't know <laughs> if I knew it. I think it was innately in me somehow. And then later in life, I'm like, maybe I, this could be a thing. Yeah. Maybe I am a, a quote unquote artist. So they're like, what do you guys want to be? And they were like, fireman, they're like Superman. Yeah. And you were like, famous digital artist no i think i'd like to draw a lot and take it from there uh i definitely want to yeah i think i want one point i wanted to be like a wrestler or like a basketball player but i didn't really do any of those things and 
um, I just always gravitated towards artwork. So I just kind of, I think I just looked at what I was doing the most and that was drawing and creating and coloring and things like that. Well, I'm actually going to scratch that one off because I did have, do you still want to be a wrestler uh, down as one of my questions. So, uh, Yes. Ho hopefully in the next, uh, next uh, five years, we'll get that one done. It's good to have a five-year plan. That's great. Of course. Of course. Where I learned about that, of course, was from uh, your short film that was released recently called Diary. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about the genesis of how that came to be uh, and, and just talk a little bit about the making of that short film. Yeah, it was um, always something that I wanted to do was to be, uh, I guess, after the last few years of kind of just being online a ton. And I would do like Twitter spaces and um, certain kind of public speaking things and uh, I was just one creating a lot of artwork and kind of thinking of ways to kind of tell my story in different ways and how my kind of personal life um, relates to my artwork and vice versa. And just kind of wanted to put out uh, a bit of a project and that kind of evolved into a, a video project with some of my close friends um, that kind of told this story that kind of broke down just a bit about myself if people are interested because in the, in the over the past years I've had you know, people collecting my artwork, whether physical or digital. And uh, if those people were interested in, in kind of more things about me, I wanted to kind of present that in a, in a way. Um, and that was this video, this kind of diary um, mini doc and just uh, gave a glimpse into me and my artistic practice and things that have happened in my uh, personal life and professional life, quote unquote. And yeah, it came at a time where I released a new body of artwork and that body of artwork was... Uh, kind of me looking back on many years of drawing, you know, physical drawings and wanting to create a, a collection of artwork out of those and then to pair it with this kind of video and, and storytelling narrative aspect of it all. Yeah, you, you started off that film with a quote from your mother that I thought was pretty prescient. I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit because I think it, it obviously informs your art. Yeah, yeah, the concept of uh, keeping everything, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, like I got like scraps here of like trash that I'm doing. Like there's just stuff and I'm yeah. sort of like a minimalist and like sort of neat a lot of the times. And with my artwork, I just am always doing it, always thinking about it, always drawing, scribbling, taking ideas, note taking. And I just tend, you know, had her in the back of my mind always about, hey, just keep everything that you make, you know, whether you like it or not, or it's finished or it's not, or if it's for sale or it's not, or what just, you know, if you're making a lot of things, you're making them for a reason. So kind of keep them. Um, and I kept that in the back of my head. And I think that's kind of influenced a lot of my art making now and uh, the things that I do with my artwork that I have saved and, and vice versa. How do you go through the process of choosing what art you want to share with the world and what art ends up in your basement? Right, yeah, I don't, I, uh, a, na a natural kind of thing. Um, mostly, I've realized over many years I can't keep like sketchbooks or anything that kind of binds artwork. So I'm usually just doing, I'm treating each drawing or thing that I create as like a standalone kind of piece of artwork. So, you know, I, I, I tend to tweet or, or put on my Instagram story or whatever, most of the things that I'm working on at some point. Um, but I guess it all depends. I, I don't, I don't think about it too, too much about what I post or, or what I don't or what I share or what I put up for sale or any of the above. I think those kind of come with uh, what feels right in the moment, maybe. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I found really interesting hearing your story was about, you talked about remembering in high school, like drawing, 
like mini canvases for other kids, kind of similar in style to what you're famous for today. And I think that's probably pretty rare for artists to sort of come into their style that early uh, in their artistic development. So I'm curious about, about that. Like, how did you come into that style of like super detailed, uh, you know, I don't want to call them doodles in like a, a, a derogatory way. They're all yeah. amazing, but yeah, no, that style. Very much so came from, I think being like a young, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kid, um, having trouble paying attention in class, uh, you know, uh, but also having like a knack for wanting to draw. So I would just have all these handouts and all these paperworks and, you know, middle school or whatever. And I would just kind of fill in the border around the papers and I'd write my name differently and I'd draw on the backs of them. And, and that would kind of, did you, ever, did you ever make the S the S, no, the I think S? That, that was right. Uh, that was before my time. Uh, oh, just, damn. I missed it. Did I just, did I just date myself? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was close. I was close though. Um, but yeah, I would just kind of draw these shapes and symbols and always drawing like eyeballs and like weird stuff that kids draw, I guess. And I kind of just, you know, I was really into like graffiti and skateboarding and these kind of, uh, artistic things on their own. But, uh, a lot of it just stemmed from trying to pay attention in class and I would just draw and fill in, I just fill in space with shapes and symbols and, uh, take influence from things that I would listen to or hear or other art that I was looking at. And uh, I just started to do that. And then one, I had like a, a Michael's kind of pre-stretched canvas at my house, you know, a little uh, inexpensive one that you could buy at, you know, Michael's craft store. And I was like, well, why don't I just do what I do in class on that? And I would kind of paint the backgrounds differently and try to make them all different. And each one was uh, a progression from the one that I'd make prior. And yeah, kids in, in, high school would be like, Oh, can I get one of those? I'd be like, yeah, 25 bucks or yeah, 50 bucks for like a bigger one. And respect the hustle. Yeah. And I kind of started like a little log book of like the sales and stuff. And my grandma was like all into it and, um, like ninth grade or something. Um, and then I'd make t-shirts and I'd draw on random stuff and it was just, uh, you you were like keeping a distributed ledger of your art before NFTs. You were, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's like, uh, so-and-so paid me $25 in cash. And then, you know, this one was something else. And so I wonder yeah. if any of them, I wonder if any of them still have the, the pieces if they knew Dude, they do like some, some of my, like, you know, not, not close friends anymore, but we still stay in contact via the internet here and there. And they still have them hung up some That's awesome. you know, anywhere, and, and people are stoked to still have them. So that is really cool. Uh, so obviously you had sort of a storied history of doing, uh, what we'll call, uh, I guess, regular physical art. Uh, many people listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, probably know you for your digital art. Uh, I'd love to hear when and how you made the jump uh, from physical, you know, doodling in, in your classes. Uh, and then I know you went to art school and took that path. How did you end up in the NFT space in the first place? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, probably same time, like, you know, in the middle of high school, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, I was starting to, I like had, I guess, a baseline of these shapes and symbols that I would always draw all the time. And I wanted to take that baseline of these shapes and symbols, but kind of experiment with as many different mediums as possible. So then I was like, well, how do I print a t-shirt or can I draw, I'll draw on skateboards or I'll paint on furniture or I'll make big paintings or, um, yeah, I was just experimenting with different materials really. And I think that naturally came to being like, oh, well, I don't really know a lot about Photoshop and I'm not good with like a keyboard and a mouse, but um, 
maybe I'll get like an iPad. And the, I think the Apple Pencil had just come out. And that was like kind of the closest that I could get to drawing because I'm always drawing with like a marker. Yeah. So I got an iPad and I think that iPad sat on a shelf for like a year. And I was like, I don't know about, you know, drawing digitally. And I think at that time I was uh, just getting on Twitter in general, just to share artwork as a different social media, but started to follow certain artists and they would talk about NFTs. And then I would kind of fall down that rabbit hole and follow all the people that they were following and um, quickly kind of just started learning. And I had a close friend who was buying crypto kitties and like, 2017 2018 or something like that and i didn't get it back then but fast forward he was kind of telling me about it more and did, did of, you get at least one punk because you, you hate to hear about it when they had the kitties but not the punk. negative negative uh wish i did wish i wish i took it more seriously when i first got into it it was like uh it took a little time but i think with the the culmination of um, how people were using technology to distribute our work and building communities and people were bonding over these things Plus, just using kind of Twitter to post about my artwork in general, it all kind of culminated in the pandemic. So I was just inside all day making artwork and on Twitter. And it's kind of this perfect story. How many, how many artists did the pandemic produce? <laughs> People just sitting yeah, around. Blessing and a curse. Blessing and a curse. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit about letters, which is probably the digital collection, the NFT collection that most people will know you from. Uh, it is uh, a thousand piece collection that many people think is generative, but it's actually not generative. So can you talk no, a little no. bit about that? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, at the time, we're coming up on the two year letter anniversary in like three or four days. Uh, Happy we anniversary. We minted out uh, October 29th. We had an issue in the contract, so we had to fix it overnight. And then we finished um, minting out on the 30th. Somehow people were finding ways. You could only mint one if you were on the allow list or whatever. And there was a bug where people were figuring they could mint multiple. So we, we kind of nipped that in the butt really quick. Uh, but yeah, it came, came out two years ago, which somehow time surely flies, uh, which is nuts. Was 2021 really two years ago? Wow, it doesn't seem yeah. like it. Well, I actually made the mistake of posting in my Discord that the three-year anniversary was coming up, and somebody was like, whoa, well, I don't think it was three years ago. But uh, you meant three years in NFT time, right? Right, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just looking back on it then, I was um, uh, inspired by other artists' collections. There was um, uh, Defaced, another artist in the space, and he had Defaced and Friends, and I think it was, I don't remember how many pieces was in his collection 20 or 50 or something but it was like a, a small collection of just one of ones and it was under kind of a theme and that right. kind of reminded me of a, a traditional art show you know there's a, a name that is the theme of the show sort of there's an artist statement and then there's all these kind of individual pieces that make up the bigger show and to me i just you know always drew this little envelope or letter kind of symbol and i just kind of was using it all the time as something that was that i drew and i wanted to kind of brand almost a, a kind of um, body of artwork around that. So I just kind of uh, thought about that and kind of wanted to personalize each of the thousand pieces. It started off as, oh, I was going to do 200 of them. And then I met some friends and we were talking about it. And I was kind of forming this small team of people that would help me out with the project. And uh, we are like, oh, we should do a thousand. I was like, okay, sick. Like, I don't think anybody's like, hand, hand drawn. You're like, easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to draw them. Yeah, but I took it as a challenge. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, can I, can I hand draw a thousand digital pieces of artwork? And I hadn't seen other people do it. And I just kind of thought it was something special at the time and a bit different than um, 
what other artists were doing at the time. It wasn't generative. Um, so I, yeah, I just took it as a challenge and wanted to see if I could do these th kind of thousand different drawings in a, a small amount of time that I gave myself. And at any know. point in time during that process where you're like, what have I done? Like I've been off too much. No, but my hand would start to cramp up. I was so motivated and so excited to make them, but I, my, my hand just holding that, that Apple pencil, I'd be like, Oh my God, I just sit there for hours and draw them as, you know, either as fast as I could. And I take my time on some of them really fast. And it was just pure uh, arthritis workout. I feel like I might set myself up for something, but yeah, for sure. So you drew all those on Procreate on the iPad before you were talking about how you did primarily physical art and, and the iPad sat on a shelf for a year. I'd love to hear sort of about how you became more comfortable drawing digitally and maybe just in general comparing drawing, you know, physically and digitally, because I know you still do a lot of both. Yeah, it still bogs my mind. I've actually been trying to do some like uh, personal uh evaluation like I, I just did these like big drawings the other day that are on my floor right here and they're very mixed media using a bunch of drawing materials but then i tried to re recreate it uh digitally on my ipad and trying to think how i would think doing one or the other and it, i kind of got confused so it's still like a weird disconnect to me they're they're not uh too too similar but they do different things which is fun so i just tried to uh, when i first you know got the ipad I was hesitant about it. It didn't feel the same um, as drawing with markers and crayons and pencils and things like that. But I just tried to force myself to to learn how to do it and to to kind of use it in different ways as a tool. Well, so, for one thing, physical is a lot less forgiving. So, I mean, for many of us that have trouble, you know, writing in a birthday card without hitting the other side with the Y, uh, I, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you spatially plan out when you're when you're doing these things, or is it just natural? Yeah, no planning whatsoever um it's usually i just sit down and i'm like i, I i'm gonna draw i would like to draw and i just sit for hours and draw and just kind of you know there's no rules really so I, I don't really um set myself up for anything i'm just i'm as i'm like staring at these drawings trying to think of um what i was thinking when making them and uh, it's just kind of a cathartic thing you sit and draw and fill in space and try something different and uh, really just take your time and, and have fun so i think that's where a lot of my drawings kind of just come from is there any particular inspiration for the actual symbols and shapes themselves? Or do you find they just come into your head and, and, that, and then they come into your repertoire and then you pull them out like a, like a rapper who's freestyling? Yeah. Yeah. So, sort of like that. They, I've just been drawing, you know, flowers and smiley faces and pyramids and uh, stars and they kind of this repertoire of, I guess that's the word. Yeah. Of, of kind of shapes and symbols that I've had for many years now. And, to me, I just think like a peace sign is a circle. You know, how many other, and you could draw like an eight ball, that's a circle and smiley face, that's a, you know, you just kind of dumb them down really. And then I think about what shape would fit next to that and kind of just build it out like a, a jigsaw puzzle or a, a, like an I spy book or something where it's just all cluttered, but it all, they kind of make sense to each other. And uh, You should, uh, you should make a font. You could like have the new wingdings. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, we need we need we need uh, Vinnie Hagerdings. We need, to, <laughs> we need to code it somehow. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, so we talked about drawing on iPad and drawing physically. One thing you also love to do is drawing on clothing, uh, of and it's it's a way that you connect with your community often. Um, tell me a little bit about that. It's something you've been doing for a long time, right? Yeah, I think um, forgot what video. Yeah, it was many a few years back, maybe like. Six, Five years ago, six years ago, I was um, 
was watching some like YouTube video and some uh, like multidisciplinary artist was talking about, uh, you know, a lot of people in their early 20s, like in college, you know, people can't just go afford big paintings. You know, they probably don't want to have the space or anything, but they'd rather they could support your artwork on a T-shirt for like 30 bucks or something like that. Right. And when I was, you know, a bit younger in my early 20s, I was like, yeah, like I feel the same way. Like I love paintings, but I can't I can't afford them or I don't have the space or uh, X, Y and Z. So I just started to like paint clothes and put my artwork on jeans and draw on people's shoes or skateboards or kind of whatever. And it was just kind of leaving my market, exploring different mediums and materials. And um, uh, people responded to that. So I'd sell kind of hand painted t-shirts and jeans and home goods on my, my web store. And I, I kind of still do that today. Little, little online releases. If people want to, yeah, if they, they want clothes or um, any of the trucker hats, not to mention the trucker hats always in demand ski masks um and then kind of explored uh just getting things manufactured we just did some kind of all over print track suits and these like full zip up hoodies and i saw those i kind of want one i like how they zip all the way up to the top yeah, for, for, for the cozy season coming up and uh i just like to see my artwork in in those different mediums and materials and uh people tend to uh like it and support it and uh it's just a different different sector arm of of my artwork i love how you're not precious about it too and i think it's uh it's actually kind of a similar ethos to you know the nounish ethos of cc0 not to say that all of your art is necessarily really cc0 but remixing it yourself and putting it out in the world on people's jeans and on people's hats and on their shoes kind of like memifies the art in a way and you're not worried yeah. You don't seem worried that that's going to like devalue your real art or whatever, you know? No, no. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've definitely even like insert my artwork into memes. Like I'll find a meme, screenshot it, then like erase it and like put in my artwork somehow in it in different yeah, yeah. ways. I think it's just about spreading it as in as many different ways as possible and just kind of having fun with it. Yeah, I try not to be too, too precious. I think there's a time and place when to be precious and, and when not to be. And I think just spreading artwork in as many different ways is fun and, and just getting together and drawing, whether it's on yeah somebody's shoe or on an expensive canvas or in a digital space or any of the above. So the, the time and place for, for all the above. Well, speaking of drawing on people's clothing, I, I had to represent, of course, uh, wearing my yeah. nouns, nouns jersey from uh, Web3FC and NFTNYC. Which that feels like ages ago. It was a year and a half ago now, I guess. And uh, yeah, this, this is the first time I've worn it since then. It's been hanging and I'm going to get it framed. Uh, not it. just because, not just because of your art. That that's definitely uh, it's it's got a, a, a um, it's got a nice place in my heart. Just because that that event was really great, and then meeting you in person and having you draw on it. Um, okay. So to your point, to your point, just about like you know being able to add something, add character to a piece of clothing. Like for me, when I travel, everywhere I travel, I get T-shirts of where I'm going, and and I wear those T-shirts, and it makes me like relive the time, those experiences. So there is something powerful about you know, clothing as art or whatever, or clothing as part of your identity. Mm -hmm. Holds, holds memories. You always think a good time. I always keep like a stash of t-shirts or uh, postcards. I'm always trying to get little uh, mementos or, or whatever from my travels or adventures and different things. And if that can revolve art, I think that makes it even better. hundred percent. Uh, we were just talking about this a little bit, but I wanted to double click on it in terms of like the type of art that you do 
you could maybe almost call it like lo-fi in a way. And I find it kind of similar in some properties to pixel art uh, if we're coming at it from the nouns perspective. And one of the things I love a lot about cryptodes and about uh, nouns is because it's pixel you know, people can see themselves in it a lot easier than they could maybe in a more detailed piece of art. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if you see any parallels with, with what you do and, and how easy it is to remix or memeify or what have you because of the simplicity of the shapes. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's like give and take. I think sometimes it's fun to insert and, and simplify my kind of shapes and symbols and the kind of vocabulary that I use. But recently I've been trying to Kind of adapt in it and make it like more complex, more detailed, more more mixed media, um, yeah. And having less simplified, so it's just not that uh, strong, bold outline all the time. Kind of uh, amping it up and just trying to do something different. So I've been, um, yeah, kind of trying to make it more complex in, in fun ways. Um, but I always like how it can be simplified and you know can can make its mark and its point uh, simply. Um, yeah. Well, I think. It- it makes sense for your style to evolve, of course, but I, I don't think that simple here in, in by any stretch of the imagination is an insult. I think it's really hard to make – it's hard to make really powerful, simple art. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, if you can simplify something uh, and people recognize it in, in whatever context, I think that's that's pretty important. And it's a, it's a good thing. You know, if you could see – I would hope in maybe like 10, 20 years, like if somebody saw like an envelope and an eyeball and a little peace sign kind of drawn in my way, they'd be like, oh, that's that guy's Vinny, Vinny's artwork or something like that. But then it's fun to kind of take that and deconstruct it and, you know, twist it in a bunch of different ways and remix it. So um, I think it's it's great to simplify something. And it's really strong uh, in, an, in an artist's uh, portfolio, maybe if, if they kind of have that recognizable thing. Like you draw a blue cat. Or something you might think of Klon and the cool cats, or uh, you could think you could pinpoint any other kind of artists and things like that. I'm glad you pointed out Klon uh, and, and the cool cats because I definitely wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Obviously, you've got a storied history uh, with these guys. I think it's how you met Toby, who's now your manager. So, love to hear a little bit about the cool cat story and, and how you ended up in that in that uh, community. Yeah, I think it was all from Twitter. It was. At the time, my my biggest purchase, I think it was like two ETH or something I bought my cat at. And I was like, oh, this thing is sick. It was something about it. It was uh, seemed like just uh, I was in the Discord a lot. And I liked the artwork style. And um, I just gravitated towards it naturally and then met a lot of people like Toby, my friend Dose. I met Klon. I met uh, my friend Ali and all these kind of people that have helped me out through different projects and times and became friends and hung out in real life. Um, kind of slowly through the cool cats, I just started to realize that everybody that I would gravitate towards had a cool cat and uh, went to LA and me and Toby went to the first uh, unofficial cool cats meetup and just sat there and drew with Klon and yeah, just kind of naturally made friends from this online community of blue cats that I was somehow <laughs> part of and just like interested in. And I just kind of hung around and, and talked to people and uh, went to their events and it's, you know, been been connected somehow and played a huge role in my story and my artwork and supporters from their community to mine so it was a really great thing and it was uh wild to kind of look back on only you know three years two and a half years ago yeah we often joke uh that it's really all about the friends we made along the way uh but i mean if we look at where we are most of us who are still here during the bear market um you know the, the people that we interact with and work with and collaborate with are, are the people that we met in these communities along the way. Like I work with lots of people from Cryptodes, which was one of my first projects that I ever 
you know, that I ever entered. And of course that led me into nouns and, and now I'm basically, you know, a full-time contributor here now. So, you know, it really is about the friends we make along the way as cliche as yeah. it is. It's very, very true. It's a cliche for a reason. So, uh, yeah, I can't, uh, can't give more thanks and praise to the cats and everybody over there. And I try to hop in the discord and, uh, you know, support, support where I can. So I love everything that they're doing and excited for uh, next month when they'll be in the Macy's day great flip thing oh my god i didn't even know that actually see you can't keep up with all the news in yeah, this space it's about so, so great that everybody's still work. you know no matter what there's projects out there and artists out there and creatives that are doing doing stuff and and pushing pushing their uh craft forward the cool cast just had to one-up us we had a we had a float in the uh the rose bowl parade at How the start of the they? year i How know they? now they want to do macy's they beat us to macy's no that's okay uh a rising tide lifts all ships so that's amazing Lord to hear does. Where it does. Speaking of uh, the bear market that I mentioned just a minute ago, one thing I wanted to ask you about is is what it's been like to be an artist through, I think now more than one crypto cycle, if I'm not mistaken. I think what's it like to be a crypto native artist and to see the waxing and waning of people's, you know, enthusiasm around crypto in general and then crypto art? To be honest, I don't really check the charts or check anything. I, I just have a you know, art art comes first, so I just post my artwork and what I'm making all day long. I don't tend to check if it's price up, price down. I, there's nothing I, I can do about that, and um, I try. I don't really offer up things for sale too too often. You know, I usually do these kind of big collections that take time and effort, and there's storytelling and. Um, so I'm just happy I get to wake up every day and make artwork and can kind of support myself and try to buy other artists work when I can. And, um, I, um, yeah, I think the exploration of many different mediums and, um, you know, from, from murals to public art, to physical art, to digital, to clothes and all the above that, that has kind of kept me just inspired as, as an artist altogether, where I don't have to solely, uh, depend on my kind of living off of um, purely all digital, but yeah, I try not to. I try not to check the the bear bull. I, I try to you know stay informed a little bit, but to me, I uh, I just have a thousand things that I want to make and create and connect with. So I, I'm really lucky that um, the kind of ebbs and flows of the market haven't uh, deterred me or uh, uh, got to me too too, too bad. But do you find that the, the bear market has done any kind of distillation of your community? Because as much as you might be immune to the fluctuations of the market, the fact is, you know, when, you know, when things do go up and down, you know, some people leave and some people stay. And what have you found within your own community? Has, has it sort of distilled it down to a core? Or? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, th there's reasons people get in, you know, for, for the money, for the quick flip, for the art, for the culture, you know, there's, you know, you can name many reasons why people got it. And I think, of course, it's, you know, in my discord, it's slow sometimes and sometimes it's not, but I think that's just where people want to do with their time. So I'm still yeah. posting updates and announcements and stuff that I'm working on and uh, every day. So, you know, to me, it's just wake up every day, make artwork, work on the projects that I have at hand work on things in the future and update people when I'm working on stuff. And that, that's all I really can do. So um, it, it's where people want to spend their, their uh, time and energy. So yeah, if it, if it's slow for the market's sake and people aren't making money, then, well, then they might be out. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm an artist first and, and just tend, tend to do that and try to just talk about artwork, share other people's artworks and keep people up to date and collectors up to date with things that I'm working on that are new. 
And whatever you make, keep it, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, this might be like choosing a child, but I'm wondering if you could uh, give us an example, maybe of something that, that you really love, a piece of art that you worked on that, that you really loved. Oh, well, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is my letters collection and then my diary collection. If I could, you know, uh, choose bodies of artwork that I'm very proud of, that would be those yeah. two. I mean, they... Uh, uh, did certain things for me and, um, you know, letters, a lot of people in this space learned about my artwork from there. And that's how I connected with communities like cool cats and dead fellas and doodles. And, you know, I just started to meet people online and friends. And then I got opportunities to work with brands from those things. And yeah, I think those two, uh, and then yeah, recently diary only came out last month and we're still kind of, um, working on things through that, uh, which is great. And, um, yeah, I would say those two. Um, if I could just pick big, big, big uh, bodies of artwork. I think it might be a little bit cheating. No, I'm just kidding. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I heard that you got to do a, a mural project recently in your hometown of Baltimore. Can you say a little bit about that? I got contacted by this uh, development company in Baltimore, and they had this um, uh, like an empty retail space. And it was all kind of boarded up and they just kind of, you know, wanted an artist to spruce it up. Uh, so it wasn't just a boarded up empty retail space in this kind of upscale neighborhood in, in Baltimore a bit. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was my, my first kind of large outdoor mural. I'd never done something that big and I did it in spray paint. So it was like a big step for me and uh, did that and felt super confident about it and got a great response from the development company and the, the neighborhood that the, uh, the artwork was in. And, um, lo and behold, the, the development company reached back out to me and they had this new construction that they're currently working on now. And I got to kind of design the facade of the elevator shaft in concrete. So I've kind of oh, wow. a photo of this big kind of concrete, object and it. it'll be the outside of this elevator in this new uh, apartment complex so my artwork you know i guess architecture to some degree has been is, is a medium that i got to work in somehow and um yeah that that's so cool mural. yeah i think that says something special about your art though is just how the medium you know can change so much and it still has impact from from the smallest michael's canvas to like the side of a building uh, yeah. It's identifiable as yours, and it still works. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so super excited. I've gotten to work on some some projects like that, and uh, get to juggle you know these physical projects, whether it's you know public art, murals, architecture, to you know, doing a bunch of different drawings and paintings, and commissioned work, and then different brand work, and just excited to keep keep spreading the artwork and experimenting in kind of areas that I haven't done before. So just kind of scratching that itch in my own head of like, oh, this would be cool, and then have this opportunity and, and kind of just uh, be able to explore th through my artwork. It's good to be flexible that way, for sure. For sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I'd be remiss if I didn't since this is a, a nounish podcast, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on nouns. Obviously, you've been in the space for a long time. You saw nouns uh, – you know, begin in, in 2021, and you've probably had a chance to follow from afar. I'm uh, just curious about what your thoughts are about the Nouns Project as an art project. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love the nouns. I've definitely been in a few spaces where I do the, the countdowns and everything, and I've definitely been brought in uh, in, in a great way. I was looking at some of the different propositions and trying to just learn because nouns do a ton of different stuff all the time and from the little nouns and uh, everything that you guys do and just trying to learn. So I think they're, they're trying to uplift artists in different ways, support ecosystems, put on great public art events and things like that. And uh, I've been following from afar and was kind of thinking about uh, how I could get involved, whether it was like a small proposition to do some like noun style artwork or, or something fun. So uh, I'm always trying to, uh, to stay, stay up to date. And I just saw something about the, uh, it's like a garden round one or something from the, the prop house I was just looking at yeah. before we started here and just trying to read when I can and st- stay up to date. But yeah, we love yeah, that. Amazing. Well, I have an idea for you on that on that note uh, mm-hmm. that I, I thought of just before we jumped on here today. Uh, you mentioned the garden round. The garden round is like a prop house where there's a five ETH, two five ETH prizes for uh, any artist or dev who has an idea. You should totally enter that too. But there's also another prop house round that's coming up next month, and it's going to be the first ever prop house round where a noun, actually three nouns, are awarded to three candidates who are interested in joining the DAO. Um, I'm not sure if you heard or not, but the nouns just went through a, a pretty tumultuous year where we had uh, a DAO split ultimately. Uh, and so like, there's like the OG DAO and, and the old DAO. I won't get too much into the politics, but uh, part of what happened from that is that a bunch of nouns that the nouners left, those ended up in the treasury. So this is part of an initiative for us to sort of redeploy those nouns out to people that would be interesting to have in the DAO. Uh, so I, for one, would love to see you apply to that round. I think you'd make an amazing nouner and uh, you know, maybe we could think of some kind of a collaboration where, you know, you did a nouns inspired collection or something or, or piece. Exactly what I was thinking as well. I had some fun ideas to do a small batch or a, um, uh, like PFP inspired things. Cause I've never done any, I've always had a PFP collection concepts in my head and I was thinking it'd be fun to kind of incorporate the nongles or kind of nounish artwork. Ooh different styles of drawing and then be able to give those, you know, set of couple hundred one of one PFPs to, to noun holders or the communities in different ways. So that's kind of what I was thinking. So I was doing my research before I got on here and just you guys having me on kind of inspired me from there. So well, let's wait. talk off. Let's talk offline. And I'd be happy to support you in that. But I think there's something there. And also someone mentioned uh, Robot Fish Girl. You might remember her. She was the, the host for the space when you were on TNS before she couldn't make it tonight. But she sent me a message before I jumped on. She's like, by the way, uh, one of the three nouns that they're giving away in this round uh, to three different people in the process round is the decaying pickle, which just so happens to be the exact noun we minted the day that you were on TNS. So I'm not saying it's a sign. I'm not saying it's a sign, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's a fact. So something's going on. Something that may, may be a Vinnie Pickle in the future. We'll have to what see. <laughs> uh, when you were just talking about uh, the PFP idea, you kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, we had Jack Butcher on the, on the on the show about three weeks ago, and he talked a lot about that too because uh, you know he's a, a designer by trade, obviously he's a brilliant illustrator, brilliant thinker. Um, and he had been thinking about doing a PFP project earlier in 2021, but just, you know, never got around to it or they didn't think the timing was right. And then Opepen was like the result of him rethinking about that problem with Jalil. And I think he's done a really good job of like doing a, a PFP project that's not a PFP project. And uh, I think you'd be ripe for doing something similar, you know, something that yeah. is very identifiable, just like what Jack's done with Opepen. I almost wanted to do it, 
do the opposite thing would to try to draw like learn how to digitally draw in like different styles like how do people draw like anime and like these like very illustrative styles of drawing and i was going to try to like test myself and to draw mm. and then just airdrop it to like all letter holders or something do like a thousand it would just be like something fun that i kind of work on over time um and that concept in, in my head has been uh uh going around because you know i already have a bulk of collectors it'd be fun just to kind of randomly distribute these like weird pfps and be like what is this like weird thing uh it's like kind of uh, reminiscent of my styles in certain ways so i think just just something as a project to do for fun to give back to uh people that have supported me in the past is kind of where i'm at and uh yeah kind of see how that could be uh, delegated to something like with nouns like theming some of the the pfps and I don't know. Yeah, I, I could you know spit spit here forever about ideas and silly things, but that's what we're here for. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the questions I wanted to to sort of hit you with towards the end of the interview here was, of course, I wanted to hear what is next for Vinny. So you kind of led us right into it. I'd love to hear what you're sort of thinking about. If there's any alpha you can drop, any projects that you're working on that we can uh, await to see soon. Yeah, I think right now we are. About a month, yeah, uh, my diary collection minted, you know, about a month ago in September. And during yeah. that, we had a uh, physical print claim of the artwork. So whatever artwork somebody minted, you could claim it as a as a fine, uh, as a print. Um, so we're kind of just in the printing process right now, getting all those printed. So they'll be hopefully finishing up in the next week or so and being sent to my house. And I'll be hand signing and uh, hand signing them all and then we'll we'll start to be distributed in different ways and um uh, so that's kind of the, that's the so thing. cool yeah. i've got a piece from jack actually from his elements collection that's that's signed and on on its way to me too and i, I just can't wait there's something cool cool about you know just having a physical piece with that i agree i, I like the both I like the physical and the digital so yeah wrap, wrapping up diary with that of course, uh, kind of releasing clothes and different fun items and and clothing on my web store here and to be honest, I've just been kind of relaxing and going through some stuff in my personal life and just recalibrating as the kind of seasons are changing and a lot of ideas and things are ruminating. So kind of just working working out some of these end things with some prior projects and um, cleaning up my house and kind of taking care of myself and my health and mine. That's so, important. Yeah, excited for, you know, there's a thousand and one ideas in my head, but just trying to get like a good personal schedule and kind of getting um, some life stuff done, you know. And um, yeah, I think I got some bigger plans in the new year that I'd like to do. I won't say anything just yet, but I'd love to do like a traditional kind of painting gallery show of some sort and got some other kind of brand work and partnerships under wraps for now that I'm kind of working through. And yeah, a lot of stuff going on, but I'm thinking I'm just taking this kind of turn of season in, into the fall to take some personal time and skateboard and go on some long walks and just kind of recalibrate for the new year, which I'm really excited about and kind of uh, take my time and wrap up some of these other projects that I've been doing over the last few months. So yeah, it's been, been a great time. I love that. Uh, a big part of our audience at uh, the Noun Square tends to be artists because we do a lot of contests. I don't know if you remember, we did uh, the Vinnie Hager style nouns contest when you came on TNS, and it was incredible, the uh, the entries that, that came in for that. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of artists in our community, so I was wondering if I could ask you, what advice would you give you know, to aspiring artists who, you know, maybe they're physical artists, maybe they're digital artists, maybe they're both, uh, but they'd love, they'd love to do it for a living. What, what would you, what kind of advice would you give them? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, you need a little bit of uh, delusion to, to be an artist. You got to just have that. You also have to have that kind of grit and determination. And just to me, I'm just addicted to drawing and creating and I can't shut off my mind sometimes. And then just always thinking about what's next. And I think if you're naturally yearning to like make things and create things, whether it's photography or poetry or visual art or you know blender or you know 3d art it could be any of the creative things podcasting uh, writing threads or interviews you know anything i think i would just do it and do it and do it and do it and connect with the like-minded people that do what they do and take you know don't try to box yourself in but take inspiration from as many different kind of creative outlets as you can and then just wiggle your way into conversations or you know apply for you know you look at nouns, they have, you know, this round of, you know, you can propose something and, you know, get involved. And, you know, I used to get involved in, you know, local galleries that would, you know, have call for artists, like submit your artwork. And I, there's just so many ways to get involved and to have conversations and to share your art, artwork now. And I think if you, if you have the need and want to do it and that, that passion to, uh, to create, you'll, you'll find ways to, to get involved and slow and steady build upon what you want to do as an artist. And I think it comes naturally, but it's a lot of hard work and effort and time. Um, so yeah, I just say, keep making stuff, keep sharing it, get involved with what's going on, listen. Um, and yeah. I think that's good advice. And obviously you've taken your own advice and it's, it's worked out quite well for you. Uh, I, I think especially the point where you said about resiliency and like flexibility and being willing to work in different mediums, uh, has obviously been a, a key ingredient to your own success. So I think it's good advice for others. Yeah, I think it's just all about exploring. I mean, artwork at the end of the day should be fun, I, I hope. I mean, there's sometimes very, very serious art being made in serious times. And, um, you know, artwork can, can be that. But I think at the same time, it can be fun. It can be an outlet for expression. It could be many, many different things. And for me, I've just had this uh, yearning to create and draw and kind of have fun with it. And it's been my, my protection. It's been my armor. It's been a superpower. It's been all these things. So it's helped me in many different ways, but I've just always had the need to make it. And that's led me to opportunities and conversations and like-minded people and, um, sharing it in many different ways. Well, maybe it's helped you and maybe it's been your own therapy, but it's also been great for the rest of us that have been able to enjoy it and collect it. So thanks. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for taking the time to come on ZeroPod and, and chat with us. It's been amazing. Of course. Anytime. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, it was lovely chatting. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of the day. I appreciate you chatting and uh, taking the time as well. Thanks, Vinny. Have a good one. Yeah. Ciao. Bye.